Did you know our hearts connect deeply wherever you and I are in the world? Hi, I'm Andrea Patrut, Intuitive Life and Relationship Coach. Here at Healing Through Oneness Podcast, together we find what makes us unique and what keeps us united. We learn of past wounds and ways to heal. We release old stories and create new, empowering realities that service now. Join me and my guests every Wednesday and Friday to recognize the truth within. Discover um, why you are this, precious. I am the host of this. With what sets you apart and allow the world to welcome you and resonate with your heart. We are one. everybody good morning good evening good afternoon wherever you are in the world hope on everyone a new friend of mine welcome um she's a teacher of the school of the heart and uh she's not just that she's an amazing she's a teacher trainer by the way right you brought um you brought Hong Kong to, to life, I would say. The, the school of the heart, <laughs> Hong Kong, to life there. And you've been inspiring us, uh, heart imagery teachers. Mm. But you are, I, and I found this only by, uh, you know, um, looking into you more, <laughs> because I don't yes. speak Chinese, and thank God you do speak English. Um, you are also into acting, directing. Mm. You are a Tai Chi instructor, which I love and I want to know more about. Mm. And what I also love as an artist, you combined all these because martial, uh, like Tai Chi is a martial art. So mm. you're an artist in all these aspects and you combine them all in your way and you brought something unique. And I always see from you, you know, like that sun behind you and other things. You always have beautiful pictures in nature. I always see you in nature, by the way. You always have <laughs> designs with nature, um, beautiful encounters, uh, beautiful uh, events you have in your community. You have your family with you, which mm -hmm. is amazing for adults like us. <laughs> go into uh, these, um, I would say, it is beautiful, but it's also unusual things uh, to follow in life. So how is Hong Kong for you? And what, <laughs> what are you doing there? Um, tell us because we don't do this here. <laughs> That's like asking how a, a duck what the water is like. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we have much comparison. Um, no. We're doing well in Hong Kong. Um, it's under the pandemic, as is the rest of the world. Uh, a few years ago, we had a great upheaval of the social movement, but now we're under the national security law. So <laughs> things have calmed down, at least from the outset. Uh, no more tear gas and riots in the streets. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, other than that, we're, we're well, we're doing well. <laughs> How is where you live? Because mm. you don't you don't live in these areas that we've seen in the news, mm. right? You're not in the big city. <laughs> You're not in the. Well, I'm not in the central business district, uh, but I would say I'm about an hour from there. Public transportation in Hong Kong is very good. So actually, um, 
most of the things you see on postcards with the tall buildings and so on, that is only a small part of Hong Kong. We have, you know, a lot of nature. Um, I think most people can access a country park within 30 minutes or, you know, a big piece of nature. So that's yeah. very much part of Hong Kong too. <laughs> Wonderful. And you are enjoying it fully. Uh, mm. I listened to uh, one of your um, podcast uh, mm is interviews where you were sharing about your experiences with nature you do have um a bond with mm. nature throughout mm. your life yes very much so my father made a decision quite early on that he didn't want to live in the center of the city he wanted his kids to grow up around nature so yeah <laughs> it was a bit of a commute to school for us as kids but uh yeah it's very much part of our life i would mm. say um I know before we had this, uh, we started the interview, we talked about mm. what we were um, going to talk about today. And I really don't want to go deep into the mm. uh, the things that are not okay in the world. But the truth is that mm. everywhere in the world, people are going through lots of challenges, whether they are empaths, whether they are uh, people mm. who are losing their jobs or mm. uh, people who are building a, um, an enterprise, you know, they are, mm. they are building a new future. Everybody's going through something today. Uh, yes. It is a crisis and at the same time, it's an mm. opportunity. And we were talking about freedom, polarities. So mm. just touching a bit, just, just touching a bit uh, what happened in, in Hong Kong. I know from an interview you did mm. with Agati, um, Agati Chris, uh, our teacher um, and master mm. of the School of the Heart, and our colleague uh, Takako from Japan. Mm. You were saying that while somebody was actively fighting for freedom mm. in Hong Kong, Mm. Other people who didn't want to be in the middle of um, of the struggle, but they wanted to do something. Mm. Um, I came to you. Is that right? Did I say right? Like they came to you because you, they somehow they were in your community and they knew you. It was firefighting, really, because <laughs> at that point the collective feud was so heavy that you just do an, you know the best you can, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I do think it was a time of great crisis for Hong Kong, as is, you know, right now a great crisis for the world. I think we live in a very special generation in that I personally, I'm quite cynical and pessimistic about the way the world is heading um, mm -hmm. in terms of the environment. Our, our civilization actually rests on quite fragile systems. Like yeah. It's very easy for systemic collapse. And we've seen with the weather patterns, you know, the fires in Australia and everywhere, basically the storms and so on. In that sense, I feel like we are being called to, you know, um, learn uh, a sense of resilience. And uh, Hong Kong, interestingly enough, has been at the forefront of many of those. So we had SARS many years ago in 2003, which you know was a pandemic. So in that sense, Hong Kong people were much more trained to respond to a pandemic than most other people. So very early on, we had masks on and so on. Um, yeah, we had a social movement. Um, and that, I feel, is also not unique to Hong Kong in the sense that as resources get more scarce, right, there is going to be upheaval. 
So I don't think it's unique to Hong Kong, but it was intense for a while. And uh, and those times, it's a very great awakening, I would say. I think for a long time, people felt that things were not okay. They were uncomfortable or some of our rights were increasingly encroached. Um, but we used to have at least, um, and we nominally right now, we still have the right to protest. Um, but for a while, they were very safe things. So every July the 1st, everyone would go out on the streets. It was a very safe occasion. And then people, um, you know, went out and demonstrated. But uh, I think until it became some kind of crisis point, at some point our society got really polarized and it felt like everyone had to choose a side, either this side or that side. And uh, families and generations were, you know, suddenly on different sides of the fence. So in that state of great polarity, like, what do you do, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, when, when you mentioned freedom, I... I think it actually is a great time to think about what really freedom is. And I, I don't simplify freedom to be as equal equivalent to democracy. Like true freedom is like the freedom to choose, right? Yeah. And so it's it's a time I feel like for our generation of critical thinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like learning, trying to figure out how to what is true and what is not true. There's so much going on, so many conspiracy theories, so much fake news that is going on. Like it's hard to keep a very objective point of view, I would say sometimes, mm -hmm. but uh, within that limited, uh, you know, whatever information we're getting, like how do you learn to make decisions and how can you stay, you know, <laughs> figure out what your values are and to live in a way that is, uh, we're not making decisions out of fear, right? So that yeah. for me is kind of what the work I feel is important for all of us. And when it, things got very, very bad and the collective field was very heavy, you know, <laughs> very, a lot of despair and like, oh my God, right? Yeah, um, yeah what do you do, especially as a healer, right? And, yes. You know, uh, like, or a person who wants to be there for others, mm. but not, not getting, not risking your mm. life because you have kids and they need you like i would go and fight like mm. if i'm a warrior right and i'm sure other people felt like me too we are mm. warriors we mm. want to fight for something we want to believe mm. in and at the same time we have responsibility for other people children mm. who are too young to take care of themselves mm. but we still want to fight so mm. how did people fight there? How did you fight there? Because you, you mm. did fight in your own way, but mm. you have a beautiful tool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in his uh, no, historical epic situations like that, um, there are roles we take on, right? In the collective. And people are called for different roles. Um, in some ways, you could say some people, even like people in the police, for example, they may be called to a role against the citizens or the citizens who are really at the front line protesting, etc. They write, people right at the front, it took incredible courage and calling to do that. Um, at the same time, I think everyone, at least for me, I would say, okay, well, what is my role? How can I best serve the community at this point, right? And yes, there is some measurement of like 
is it risky? Do I have other responsibilities and so on? But uh, I, I, I have seen myself shift. So for example, when was it? I think 10 years ago, um, you know, I was doing other protests. I would go on the street and stand <laughs> in demonstration. Uh, there was a high-speed rail. Um, yeah, so there were other places. But as I've grown, and I have learned other, te- um, yeah, I don't know, experiences and so on. I feel like, okay, what is my role? Like maybe in the past, some of it may have been, okay, I will help translate. Um, there is uh, information that needs to go out to the English speaking community, both local and international. I will help translate the news of what is going on. So maybe sometimes I'm called to that, right? But uh, in this particular instance, um, yeah, two years ago, I would say, okay, I can see my role to help um, <laughs> help give people a sense of stability, emotional stability. Because yeah. I think at that point, um, yeah, there was a lot of emotional collapse, right? Um, they say, you know, we have the main chakras, right? But if three of them are reversed, like reversed in polarity, basically the whole column collapses. And they say it's the same of a group field. If like about 30%, one third of the people are in emotional collapse, basically the whole field gets really, basically collapses, right? So yeah, people couldn't sleep and people were really, I think it was a sense of lack of security in the sense that things are developing so fast. We don't know what's going on. Things that used to be okay, like protesting, uh, suddenly became not okay, right? Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, in that situation, when so much of the population is in fear of just in survival mode, right, um, and knocking people out. And so we were doing things like, you know, community center, like hands-on healing, because we really couldn't do anything even more complicated. Even like heart imagery was like too much for people. <laughs> people just needed to come and like lie down and rest. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we opened spaces for mm-hmm. people to come like, relax like even relaxing was just like a basic need that people couldn't like, people couldn't sleep right challenging so, right yeah yeah very challenging and um yeah we survived it <laughs> <laughs> and um i think it changed a lot of people um yeah. in the sense that uh yeah people a lot made made a lot of other life choices some people are immigrating some people uh yeah it's it's crazy <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, so the work I do very much is um, being in the heart. Um, if we're talking about the collapse of the energy field, the human you know, aura, emotionally, things that sustain us. Um, so we, we have our physical body, but we also have an energetic field, which you can take pictures of. Um, and the health of both are just interlinked in the system. So yes, a lot of them, physical and emotional health can be addressed by you know, taking care of your energy field. And so uh, the work I do very much is heart-based because when you're in the heart, it regenerates the energetic system very well. When you're rooted in practices like Tai Chi or Qigong, um, we are connected to the earth field and that energizes the system very well. And when we're in a system of not collapse, when we're in a healthy system, then, you know, people are less scared, people make better decisions, <laughs> people have space to be more compassionate to each other. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's the work I do, <laughs> basically. 
Yeah, so uh, what I hear from you is mm. action and stillness, which is mm. one part of uh, our topic today. Mm. And um, how do you see that in your life? Because mm. as we're talking about Tai Chi, you're an instructor, and Tai Chi is a beautiful mm. art. And I remember one of my uh, mm. teachers said, look, Tai Chi is not ballet. There are people who are just doing the movements but mm. it's not ballet. Mm. <laughs> Tai Chi is physical movement, but something mm. is going on inside you. Uh, and uh, people know about yin yang. How does that uh, come into play when we're talking about action? Oh, I love Tai Chi so much. <laughs> I love Tai Chi so much because it can be so many things. It can be just a physical exercise in the park. And that's great because, uh, you know, you get to move your body. But uh, it has very strong philosophical roots and it has strong martial art roots because it was a martial art, is a martial art. Um, and I was taught that way with these other considerations. Oh, and it's a meditation. So it's a body consciousness thing too. Um, yeah, there's a saying in Tai Chi, uh, in combat, um, like before, uh, if you don't move, I won't move. Before you move, I'm going to move. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I love Tai Chi. It's a very, philosophically, it's a very pacifist um, philosophy in the sense that um, the point is not to win, like defeat the other person, but the point is to flow and be with the other. Um it's so fun in combat situation. Uh, I shouldn't say fun. Um, I, I, I want to say fun because uh, I've never been in a life or death combat situation. My teacher yeah. has, he grew up in an era where people went around with vegetable choppers, you know, the triads, the, the mafia of Hong Kong. So mm -hmm. he actually had to grow up fighting. So, and you know, he worked in a prison and so he had to use his skills in life or death situations. I have been lucky and privileged in the sense that all my, <laughs> all my fighting has been friendly fighting. Um, but that part is really fun because it, it is so fun because it tests you. Um, ultimately, when there is a, an opponent, another, um, it's a deep, deep learning about yourself. It's mm -hmm. a very deep learning about what your reactions are it's a very deep learning about and not just physical reactions but your emotional reactions like how do you react under stress and for me I, I have not been in real sparring situations except for one time with a karate um, <laughs> um, yeah karate practitioner I would say um, in a dance studio and it's so it's so interesting because it's not what you think of like in the movies, right? In the movies, it's choreographed, so pang 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 pang, it goes on forever. But actually, when you fight, it's very much it's very much about presence and mm. control of the space itself. So I don't know if you've seen two animals fight, but uh, if you see two cats or whatever, they basically they're looking for. They're checking each other out, and then suddenly there's a moment, and then there's pangs, boom, boom, and it's over, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like very much it's it's psychological <laughs> as well as physical, mm -hmm. and like how you are. And they say sometimes you can just see when two fighters come along who's gonna win. And I, I feel, on some extent, it's true. 
Like when you see some of the wushu combats, you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> so person... it's about attitude. Yeah, it's a. I think it's about attitude, and I don't know what, what it's about. It's about your state of being, and、mm, yeah, very much so. <laughs> I'm um my Shaolin Kung Fu teacher、uh, in Romania. He was saying that he noticed that while practicing, he became changed by the、mm. practice of the martial、mm. art, and、uh, because of the philosophy behind、mm. it, which you're talking about in Tai Chi, instead、right. of、uh, from a being who would be ready to fight,、mm. he was a being ready to、um, to flow, to dance、mm. with. The other with the opponent's、mm. energy,、right. with the opponent's、mm. intentions,、mm. so that there were two ways: either、uh, absorb, like、mm. let it flow through the earth,、uh, or avoid、mm. it. So he had、mm. he had two choices, but he would never like aggressively respond.、Mm. His response、right. was non-response、mm. through action,、mm. in a way or another, grounding. Mm. Himself all the time, but grounding to release the energy or、mm. to send like flow with the energy, yes,、uh, li like a dance.、Mm. Uh, I remember we were saying that、um, when you were talking, I saw、uh, learning martial arts like these, like learning how、mm. to be a lightning rod.、Mm. I don't know.、Mm. It's、There is time when you absorb force through the ground, but、mm -hmm. ideally, yeah, it's very much about redirecting force in a way. So it's a, yeah, it's a dance in that sense. And I think what's interesting is also, yeah, the state of my what what I like about the philosophy it's very testable. So, for example, if you your hand is tense, you actually can't listen to the person as much. As if you're in a, you know, like physically. If I if I'm touching you right now, if if my hand is very tense, I can feel less of your structure and your frame than、yeah. if、oh, my hand is loose. Right. So all these principles are just testable. And what's interesting is it's testable by combat. <laughs> so what works is actually what's, you know, the, the philosophy was developed from what works, right? Um, yeah, it's I love it. Relationships. <laughs> it's about relationships, right? Because、yes. you were talking about we,、mm. you.、Um, I saw you brought so much、mm. the word other, whether、mm. we're talking about combat, whether、mm. we're talking about the individual and、mm. the other being the、mm. government or a、mm. bigger scale.、Mm. It's it's about relationship, how you relate to what is out there, the energy that other people、mm. have. In a situation, the group energy or the group per se,、uh, whether it's、uh, an institution or a leader or whatever.、Mm -hmm. So, how do you,、um, how do, you, what can we do in relationship with the other? What can we control? What、mm -hmm. can we not control? And how can we take what you've learned from、mm -hmm. this not being stressed to feel into life? How, I, I actually、biggest? think I would put it the other way around. I would、okay. think the other actually is a way to learn about yourself. Okay. So in Tai Chi, we teach the forms, right? But we use the partner to test the forms. So, like whether your form is 
correct per se mm-hmm. or not yeah. is testable through a partner. And until you test it with a partner, you you don't know. You don't have an indicator, right? Yes. Um, of course, it's a very fluid and alive thing. So with different, you know, let's say the guy's taller or shorter or bigger, heavier or different responses. Uh, obviously, you need that flexibility to adapt. But ultimately, the partner is feedback in a way of how you understand the world. So the way, in a way, let's say there's a, the social movement or the pandemic in a way, I feel like, wow, this is a <laughs> this is exam time, right? I'm testing what I've learned. I I'm a heart imagery teacher. I teach people you can stay in the heart. This is good. Wow, when this huge emotional collective wave wave comes along, can I still be stable? Can I still, you know? practice what I practice, compassion, <laughs> um, empathy, etc. Or do I get pulled out? Um, do I get triggered? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, very, what well, one thing, for example, that people, there was a lot of worry in Hong Kong when the social movement happened. So let's say, for example, there was a Filipino reporter who got her eye shot, right, with a rubber bullet. So this is in a, the, those are still the early days when you know tear gas and rubber bullets were still like wow really <laughs> we've never really had a protest where we had the riot police come in um, and so it was very interesting because uh, we were holding these sessions in the community center and I said um, let's be present here and now mm-hmm. we are not we are in a way we're imagining a lot of things right. Yeah. We're empathetically imagining what it's like maybe to take a bullet in the eye and to lose eyesight. But we have to see that this is still projection. <laughs> this is our imagining. We are not the person who took the bullet, <laughs> right? Um, and right now, we're not there out on the street. We are actually here in this space. So let's stay grounded in the space. We can feel things, but let's not lose sight of actually being here and now as well right and so very much when when we came back to ourselves this woman said yeah I can see that my fear actually came from you know my parents hitting me when I was small right so that so when I see this I'm triggered by my past memories and so on right and so when we allow ourselves to see what triggers us why why are we triggered by this and so on, we start to see, okay, what it, there are all these filters that are actually taking us away from here and now. Um, and yeah, I think part of that other, that learning, that interaction, that conflict is to help us <laughs> identify these things and work through them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about control? Because mm-hmm. um, you know, in here in Canada, for instance, mm. where people are fighting for their choices, mm. fighting to keep for freedom of choice. Right. And um, we all know there are things we can control and there are mm. things we cannot control. Yes. Uh, and the logic would say, or many say, what, what you cannot mm. control, you learn to accept, to right. be with it. But what you can control, which is a lot of what you can Mm -hmm. control, actually, (laughs) you can work with it. (laughs) And this is your inner life, your response Mm -hmm. to what is out there. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like you know, in life, there are definitely things we can't control. We're all gonna die. <laughs> like this life is mortal. That is non-negotiable, right?、Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, there are many things which we can't control.、Um, in some ways, every relationship is some kind of compromise. <laughs> Right.、Uh, if you drive your car on the road, if we don't want the cars to crash, we're all going to decide to drive on one side of the road or the other. Right.、Yeah. So,、um, communities and interactions mean that we're trying to build things that make our collective better, like our functioning better. Right. And we will disagree. Right. We will. There are some trade-offs. Um, if、yes. we lived in a hermit in the mountains, maybe we will be,、uh, have more control over our life than I don't know. But、uh, yeah, that is the price of civilization, right? So the question is, okay,、um, how I, the way I think about it is, how do I want to spend my energy and my life? What is、yes. worth fighting for、mm-hmm. and devoting my life to do? And what is not? Because there are ten million things to do, right? Yes. And how can I not expend energy, or on things that I can't control?、Mm-hmm. So、um, yeah. So there are a lot of conspiracy theories going around, right?、Um, on all sides. So, for example, I say I don't have enough data on that. Uh, it may be true, it may not be true, but at this point, I'm not going to worry about it because there is not enough data to make me scared, right?、Um, yeah, but I do, I do, I do feel sympathetic. There are people who criticize, for example, the mindfulness movement, in the sense that they,、um, I've heard some people say, for example, by saying that you know, actually.、Um, It's not the outer world that is, you know, that should be able to affect you. It's you. You should be. You're responsible for your own inner happiness and your own inner world. And there are some class critiques on this, in the sense that it says, well, then you're just saying that the oppressed are, you know, responsible for their own happiness, and they should、exactly. accept whatever system there is. So I am sympathetic to the sense that,、uh, no, I don't think just this.、Um, Attention to inner spirituality should be an excuse for us allowing unjust systems to prevail, right? Yes.、Um, at the same time, yes. What can you do? As you do what you can, right? <laughs>、exactly. And、um, yeah. So yeah, things are bad in Hong Kong in the sense that you know when you have physical threat of a authoritarian government, there are limits in which you can protest, you can, whatever. So in that sense, okay, well, I need to devote on the places I can change, right?、Um, yeah, it's not easy to be living in this generation, right? No, it's not. And I've I've been living through communism, and、mm. I know how it's like to be、mm. under dictatorship. I know how it's like. People lived, by the way.、Mm. Yes, <laughs> you don't die. I mean, if you are a threat to uh, the uh, the、right. leadership, it's a、mm. different thing. But most of the people knew、yeah. how to work around it, found their way, and、yeah. actually, we we found surprising things like,、uh, you know, we have this、uh, radio Europe. I forget the name now, where people would find out out what happens outside the borders.、Sure. And、yes. you would listen with your ear at the、uh, the speakers, right? But there were people like my husband's grandfather 
who had the windows opened, the radio loud, he would what? listen and no, he never got in trouble because mm. he was an old man, you know? So right. it was like, it was even in times like that, it's a lot mm. of, like there are paradoxes. Mm, it's not sure. everything black and it's not everything Definitely white. Not. There's always yin yang, black mm. and white mixed together. There's always hope. And, yeah, even in, and this trade most- off for security. Um, is justifiable in some sense. Like, for example, I think the death rates in China for the pandemic have just been much lower than they could have been, right? But the cost is the government basically just said, we're going to close all the borders. We're going to use very strict measures. We're going to use cameras to monitor people going in and the houses. We're going to use tracking systems. Even the crime rate actually in China is quite low, like petty crime because they have cameras everywhere. So you can't pickpocket someone on the street because you instantly fanged out, right? right. There's, there's, right. Like, there's next to no kidnappings because everywhere, every square inch of the place is under CCTV. So you can argue, okay, it's much safer in that sense, right? Yeah. But the trade-off is your privacy, Yeah. right? And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tricky, right? I lived in a village in China for almost a year. And, you know, for the villagers, I mean, it's a decent life, <laughs> right? Like, as long as you don't, you know, do things that are against the government, then basically, yes, <laughs> you have a life, right? And there are all these billion people in China who are actually living lives and they have their own exuberance, their own life force and things that they're worried about. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm... It's, it's, I, I, I'm not so black and white in that sense. Um, even I feel like, I think it's very easy for Western powers to use. I, I think now the, the countries are so polarized because um, China's rising and being bully, bullish, right? And so is the US, right? So uh, yeah, there's a media war and a trade war and a God knows what war. And uh, I, I think what's very important is to be able to step beyond these stereotypes and mm-hmm. these the simplicity of simplifying narrative. Because I, I feel like, particularly for governments who wish the population to live in fear, it's the easiest way and the oldest trick and the most boring trick in the book is to create an enemy, right? Yeah. So I think just by not allowing that simplification, that itself is a very active stance. <laughs> Not allowing yeah. division, because um, mm-hmm. when you said the, that word, for me was mm-hmm. division. It's mm-hmm. dividing people. And I have friends who are, right. we are all on different sides, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like we yes. are all on different sides. We yes. love each other. Yes. We come, we visit each other. We're, we're buddies. Like if, if I can do it, other people can do it too we can love each other Mm. and and uh and our uniqueness and diversity and i know when i asked you uh to uh i invited you to this uh, interview series you said what can we talk about and he said i want to talk about love and in my mind was like oh come on because love (laughs) is no it's you know this idea the new age thing oh Mm. just be love do la 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 but it's not Many people, at least not maybe not majority, but some people took love as 
oh, just be in love. And but it was no action, no action on the inside, no action on the outside, you know, just be love. Okay, so what? What does that mean? Love well, I feel like English is very imprecise <laughs> when we say about love, right? Love is just like a, a catch-all for many things. The Greeks were at least yes. a little more precise with eros, you know, philos, um, you know. So, you know, having different types of love is important. Um, and the interplay of different types of love is very interesting. And this is my drama side coming up, right? <laughs> this is oh, please, please do. Please bring it on. <laughs> Tell us more. I sometimes think... I think human beings love drama. I, I you yeah. know, I I think why does history keep repeating itself? You well, know, because it's fun. <laughs> that I think there is. Like, look, I, I thought about it. Like, why is the US government so well balanced between the two parties? Like, why wasn't there a time in history where, where just one party just dominated and like wiped out the other one, right? D democratically. So somehow collectively, we like this kind of tussle. <laughs> We like the competition. It's kind of like football. When you have two evenly matched teams, it's fun, right? Yeah. And um, I think in that sense, we are addicted to conflict. We, we're addicted yeah. to drama. There's yes. a reason why we like watching TV dramas <laughs> because you, uh, the human, I don't know, there is something Leah. fascinating and addictive about it. Yeah. Right? And that push-pull, I think, is, uh, yeah, part of us <laughs> um leah lamb my storytelling teacher uh said that for so if i remember well uh, i i hope i remember well is the idea that for so long we've had these stories in the collective that involved conflict and we mm -hmm. we keep seeing these stories on tv because the movies are made with the idea there's a conflict mm -hmm. but the indigenous people and I don't know what is uh, in Hong Kong mm. and, and China. You are more connected with that culture mm. and the stories mm. there. Here, <clears throat> in the indigenous people don't have that. Like an, an indigenous story can start in one way and have no mm. ending. Like the mm. ending is whatever you, would, you take from it. Mm. Uh, it. It lets the listener uh, mm. transform that or take the wisdom of it and the way it needs what would make sense to the mm. listener so we uh there's a shift right now in storytelling in general mm. through memoirs through uh all sorts of types of storytellers bringing the indigenous stories mm. to life mm. um where we take out the the conflict and the drama created and we bring the uh the ancestral wisdom and the wisdom in general that we need so mm. i we're going to see a shift and we see it more and more. I'm writing and I'm doing somatic writing class and I'm listening mm. to my colleagues and it's different. It's not always mm. about having conflict. How you talked about love and uh, I felt like there was something you could say about Chinese language because I know mm. you taught uh, with Eda um, yes. one of the two episodes, the first mm. episode you had about heart imagery. You and Eda were talking about some words in Chinese. Mm. Chinese language is complex. You oh, not I love as simple it. <laughs> as English. So is can you tell us something about love? Wow, I did not think about this. But uh I do think it's funny because I think in I don't think the Chinese are very 
love is a new concept <laughs> in the sense of I think for a long time in our history and I, I feel it's actually true from a lot of the world too is that the modern idea of romantic love is uh, marriages were for a long time not based on uh, romantic love you know it was a transaction um, for a lot of our grandparents romantic love was a bonus but not you know, essential to a marriage and so on. So I, I actually think it's a relatively recent development. It's a very romantic development um, that the majority of people feel like, you know, they want the one soulmate for the rest of their life, right? But for a lot of history, actually, you know, most marital relationships and were not functioning like that. And so I think for the older generation, they're actually not that expressive, like, I've, it's, I, I feel like if you say I love you to the other, it's quite, actually quite strange. <laughs> like, love is not expressed verbally like this. <laughs> like, they, it happens in movies, but um, yeah. But um, going back to the idea of conflict, I think, um, yin and yang are inherent in the Taoist philosophy. And so in that sense, I think we've always seen, we've always, that, we have many different systems of philosophy, but at least in the Taoist philosophy, there's an acknowledgement of polarity without judgment, actually. Um, we just see them as shifting polarities. And then when it goes to one extreme, it'll go back to the other. <laughs> and mm -hmm. within each of the polarity, there is a complexity or there's an element of the other. So in that sense, that philosophically, there's a flow. Um, other thing I wanted to share about conflict, what was it? Hmm. Ah. ah, I feel like great art is both universal and personal in the sense that I think the greatest art, it may be about conflict or not, but uh, it's also open to the interpretation. Like it gives each person the thing that they need, right? It's not just one very clear message <laughs> that is, you know, rams into you like propaganda, but somehow it ignites a part of all of us that is yearning for something. And, uh, I feel just on a personal journey, I think the idea of shifting narratives that, I don't know, when you're a teenager, you feel like you're against the world. And mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, well, I maybe I've outgrown that narrative now. I don't need a other to prove, to, you know, to, to prove myself, to prove myself or to make myself feel like I exist. Right. Yeah. And so, okay, like, I'm not going to fight against the other. I'm going to drop that. So, oh, wow. I have all this energy. What do I use for next? right yeah. mm -hmm. and so but I do feel it's fun for me to take on challenges so the question is okay well <laughs> what's the next challenge yeah I think so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like how can I continue to expand mm -hmm. right and uh in ways that uh most I don't know because yeah, okay, so in the past, I would use these kind of, this was a challenge, but now, okay, I understand it's actually, you know, a lot of, I'm wasting a lot of energy just projecting it on the other person. So mm -hmm. I'm now looking at my inner conflict and how can I resolve that and that and that and then try to jump into bigger and bigger projects so I keep challenging myself and putting myself in situations that really test what I'm knowing. So yeah, that, that for me.
is <laughs> what's going on. Um, talking about choices and the freedom mm. of choice, how do you choose? Mm. Um, and I, I, I hope I'm not gonna say it all, and I will let you say it. It was, mm-hmm. it was this idea that that choosing um, is choosing according to you, your inner alignment. Mm-hmm. What is most aligned to your values? You said, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> feeling free from fear. And not uh, I remember where this question popped up. So the other day, someone asked me. Um, actually, random stranger on the Facebook asked me. How do you feel about vaccines, right? I yeah. uh, did you you and your family take vaccines, um, blah blah. So I guess she saw me as a teacher. She re- respected and wanted my opinion, and I said, "You need to make your own choice." Yeah, <laughs> don't listen to an expert. Um, I am not a scientist. So I don't have enough data. Um, uh, but ultimately, you, I, I do that a lot of my students. I think the more important thing is rather than I'm telling you the answer, you need to have enough process or enough wisdom to make your own decisions. Um, I can help you figure out a process for doing so, but ultimately you need to take responsibility (laughs) as you need to do it. It's about sovereignty, Um, right? It's responsibility and sovereignty. And empowerment too, right? Exactly. So... um, because I think the world is there's way there's so many people telling you what to do anyway. So yes. <laughs> so my job is to support you to in making a, a good decision that you feel comfortable with. And I said, well, um, the way I usually make decisions is um, I go to my heart. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I listen. No, no. I I if there's information available, I try to you know, absorb all the information. Uh, maybe that would give me a better idea of what, you know. I think part of the difficulty of the vaccines and the pandemic is that there's not a lot of clear information. So, for example, Taiwan, I really salute Taiwan because not only do they have vaccines available, they also actually have a system where citizens, if they have taken the vaccine and have some reaction to it, there's actually an app you can scan and report your reaction right? For most countries, this data is not available to the public, right? But in Taiwan, not only do they, you know, but so I feel like we've reached a point, especially with the pandemic, in the sense that we, the thing is not transparent to us. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, there are all these governments, there are vaccine companies, there are anti-vax people, and everyone's just saying a lot of stuff. Um but it's very hard for the average citizen to make a very good decision. Yes. So in the absence of all this information, because what do you do, right? Uh, For me, I think it's about making a choice to be comfortable with... I think the best decisions are made when either choice you're actually comfortable with. And this actually comes very... At the very basic level, it comes to an acceptance that our life is mortal (laughs) like okay i'm gonna die somehow whether it's with covid with the vaccine or a car crash or or in my old age i'm going to die right Mm -hmm. and so i feel like it's important not to be afraid of the virus in the sense to the extent that um i feel like the powers that be are trying to make us afraid and i also feel like uh, at this point 
it's important not to feel afraid of the vaccine too, <laughs> like to the degree that the some people are saying with all the conspiracies either, right? Either way, uh, I'm just you know I I think it's important to arrive at this place of equanimity in a way, and to to understand that we are ultimately you know in a play <laughs> of life, right? And uh, yeah, I I think with that sense of I think, in a way, spirituality is having that sense that、uh, we are the actor, and we are, you know, the scriptwriter, the director, and we are making choices. But、and、ultimately, we, we do have we, power. We we have power. We have power to experience, to choose our experience of how we experience. We can't. We don't have power on all external circumstances, but we definitely have power on how we can react to it.、Mm-hmm. And we need to empower ourselves so that these reactions are not habitual, and we、um, so we get try to get rid of our habitual reactions, and then we try to respond, right? And the way we respond is to find ourselves in a place of peace, in a place of、uh, freedom from fear, and then we can actually make a choice, right? It's not really a choice if we're you know we feel like there's a gun to our head. Right, so we try to in inwardly. I feel like we try to get to a place where we don't feel like <laughs> there's a gun to our head, and we're gonna die anyway. <laughs> that's how I feel about the whole thing, really. It's uh, what I hear from you is、uh, acceptance of what's gonna come after making、mm-hmm. that decision. So before、mm-hmm. making a decision,、mm-hmm. knowing. Uh, or having the acceptance of what's gonna come、mm-hmm. after that decision, whether it's the decision to do or not to do something,、mm-hmm. is gonna be a, an effect.、Right. Every decision has an effect, and and、yes. accepting that effect,、mm-hmm. or accepting、mm-hmm. whatever that effect may bring, just allowing、mm-hmm. that to come,、uh, yeah. brings peace. And、mm-hmm. uh, even if it's not, it is a side effect or a bad effect.、Mm-hmm. Like something、mm. that's going to hurt us somehow.、Mm. Um, at least、uh, the inner attitude is、mm. going to be one that will allow us to go through the experience in a better way. I I, I say I, I totally agree. And、uh, just on a very practical level, if you're emotionally aligned with something, then your physical system, your immune system, is going to be much more happier. But if you're going to worry about the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that stress, that that movement you、yeah. were talking about the hand,、yeah. where you don't、yeah. allow something and you cannot feel what what is、yeah. happening、um, from the from、yeah. the outside. So yeah, if you're, I don't know, like yeah, if you're going to be worried about it, then your immune system, your whole physical system is、it's、just already not be happy.、Um, yeah, you already lost that battle. So、yeah. so at least I don't know. I, I think very much is about you make the. In some ways, we just try to make the best decision we can,、yes. right? With our limited knowledge, limited wisdom, whatever. And then part of that is like, okay, we after we make it, we let go and let God. <laughs> like, who knows? I just made the best decision I could, right? And and, and trust will... that it's also about trust. Like,、yeah. um, you said you go in your heart, and I do the same because、mm. I I love heart imagery, and、mm. when we go in the heart. Through heart imagery, we go in a sacred space, and we、yes. we meet the sacred part of us,、yes. and we have a chat there. And、mm-hmm. when we, we need to make a decision, we're asking、yes. our higher self 
who mm. is the connection with the divine and we're asking okay this is where i am what mm. is next for me because you know i think i think it would be both odd a paradox and a beautiful thing to find out that there are people who say yes to something people who say no to the same something mm. and people who say and there are people who say yes and nothing happens to them mm. it is yeah. an aligned decision in their case and I think it's okay so. for them so it's not like oh if people take this decision that's what's mm. going to happen if they don't take this decision that's what's going to happen there's no definite answer in yes. anything we all yes are so unique and our life is mm. unique bodies are unique everything is unique that actually nobody can tell us what's going to happen <laughs> in my opinion uh so it's a it's a what what do you want how you want to live mm. uh and i love heart imagery because as i said i can't really meet the best um mm. guidance that i can have mm. in life and i can find the peace knowing that this mm -hmm. is right for me, whatever that is, that's yes. right for me. And I find the peace, make the decision, move forward. And I know that guidance is taking me somewhere that uh, I can handle. Whatever's going to come, mm. I can handle. Yes. Because that's my path. This yes. is the path that I can take. It's not yes. too much for me. Mm. I think that is the essence of Tai Chi in a way. That you're at that place, that very center point. And you're just really responding <laughs> to what is happening. Um, I feel like what is very, very powerful about heart imagery is that it takes us to the place where we actually have no needs. We don't, it, it's that, that place of oneness. We, we are love already. <laughs> we don't need anything really. We'll, yeah, so I, I feel like that perspective helps bring perspective to our drama in our life. And mm -hmm. I'm very grateful that somehow in my life I have had all these experiences that have led me up to this point where I can experience that. And then I guess what we're trying to do really is just to try to share that experience so that more people can feel that, yes, I can be in a place where I'm okay no matter what happens outside, uh, I can access this place of centeredness, balancedness, calm, and so on. And to allow our life to <laughs> be as exciting and uh, curious and, uh, you know, just flow, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I met two people uh, this year who told me that or me or their students the mm. same thing. Allow yourself to be surprised. Yes, very much. Whether it's whether it's writing, whether it's working on your business, mm. whether it's just living, allow yourself to be surprised by life. Don't have expectations. I remember Daniel mm. Miguel was telling us in, in classes, um, mm. leave expectations aside. Yeah. Just leave expectations aside and allow allow life to show you what is there for you and uh, I, I think that's the definition of being alive right <laughs> to allow that freshness <laughs> mm -hmm. it would be very very boring to just 
I don't know, live according no, to a script. And no, I, I remember Drumvolo Melchizedek was saying that he knew what would happen. And at some point, right. he said, okay, that's enough. Stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> it would be boring. Yeah, talking about boring. Uh, if we would have just peace, 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 and uh, like everything is perfect. Uh, no, people have this philosophical talk about would it be boring or not? Yeah, would it be boring if everything would be just... <laughs> I don't know. I'm still open to the possibility that peace, peace, peace could be very exciting. I, I don't discount that possibility. <laughs> uh, I'm funny. Okay. Because I believe... No, no, because uh, as an actor, piece. sometimes, you know, part of what, what's fun about being an actor is that sometimes you're given a script, right? And you actually just have to... No, your path is completely charted for you. Your character's life is completely charted for you in the script. Yeah. And somehow you live that life as if it's new, right? So mm -hmm. I think that is, yeah, that, that is also fun. Like how can you find life and excitement in that scriptedness, right? But you do. I mean, I'm not an actor, but I've seen mm. actors and uh, I've seen how they bring their own uniqueness into the role. Mm. And I think yes. this is the power that we all have. Mm -hmm. You said about, and we're ending this soon, mm. uh, you said about um, control and there are, um, there are things we cannot control, but um, we, the power, you said about power. Mm -hmm. We do have mm -hmm. certain power and that power is even there, if there's a script, even if there's a stru clear structure mm -hmm. in there, whatever that is, we, whether it's confined, we are confined in some areas of our country or whatever it is, mm -hmm. we still have the power to make choices. Oh, I, oh, I, I want to share something. Okay, uh, it just came to me. Good. So the Dalai Lama was sharing, because um, Tibet, you know, went through terrible, terrible persecution, still does yeah. in some way, right? And he said, some psychologists uh, interviewed some of the monks who were underwent torture and you know got beaten up and so on and they discovered within the monks that they had less trauma than a lot of other you know people who have been suffered right and they were like okay what happened <laughs> right how did these monks endure such physical suffering emotional suffering uh, and not have you know PTSD and so on Mm -hmm. And so the Dalai Lama will, I mean, maybe we'll share a link of this video. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically, if I remember correctly, Dalai Lama said he asked the monk, like, what happened? How did you do it? And the monk said, you know, um, there was one moment when I really slipped. And that moment was when I couldn't feel compassion for the person hitting me, right? And when I watched that, I, I really thought, oh, wow, this power of compassion this power to see beyond like, okay, this person who is doing all these awful things to me um, had very practical power in the sense that the monk did not have PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> like he did not have trauma, right? Yeah. So when I see this, I feel like, okay, all this, all the spiritual work we're doing, all the, all the things we're learning about, you know, love in that sense um actually have a very very practical <laughs> and selfish you could say purpose right yes. or can have a very selfish effect of making you healthier emotionally 
and it's a shield it is it is uh, it's a paradox because heart means opening fear mm. is constriction yes. so when yes. you live in fear you're constricted when mm. you live in love and compassion yes. you live in openness and yes. um this uh what uh, at this, like, we could go on and on and on. Yes, we really could go on. <laughs> uh, but we just had a, a workshop, and one of the participants there were sharing a story. And the idea is that, uh, in like, for, with Heart Imagery and others, the idea of forgiveness when you're a victim and you forgive yourself mm. and forgive the other, even if the other hurt you, that's mm. when the biggest a release mm. the the mm. fulfillment comes because you are bringing back what you mm. put in that that trauma you are bringing mm. your energy you are bringing what is yours back and you are coming back to life you are mm. in your body become present your healing is actually the 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 effect of your mm. forgiveness your compassion for mm. yourself and for the other and mm. you're releasing yourself and your life yes. and you can mm. go higher and higher in experiences and to mm. a higher level of consciousness. How fun it was such a powder. <laughs> I'm so happy you said yes to this. Yes. I will yes. put with your help all the links uh, mm. to all the things we can share about mm. where there yes. is a link of video interviews with you and Takako and yes. Agati and what you said here True. and others. How can people find you? uh just click on the links we're going to put there <laughs> the links oh, message that... me on facebook yeah whatever yes yeah so especially for those speaking chinese it would be i think a pleasure to speak to you uh in their own language uh and yes. know they have support in you thank yes. you so much for being here uh thank you to those watching who watched live and those watching our replay please mm. put, uh questions comments we love to hear them and follow us follow hofan if you love to know more of what she shares she does share in english too not just in chinese <laughs> more and more uh, these days <laughs> more and more these days okay thank you yes. have a blessed day goodbye have a great day night night <laughs> if what you heard touched you or helped you please leave a review on apple Podcasts, spotify or your favorite place for tuning in Pay it forward by sharing it with others. I'll be here for you with the next episode. I'm Andrea Petrut, your Healing Through Oneness show host. Remember, we are connected. We are one. <laughs>